Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. For the next six weeks, we as a church are meeting at Gardine Theatre here in Dundee and we'd love you to join us at 11 o'clock to experience the faith journey along with us. May you enjoy this week's podcast. You know, there's just been a bit of a theme through the worship and what's been said. And if you take nothing else this morning, can I just reiterate and just just say God is good? And you know, like, it's, it might, it's not a cliche. And you know, there's people in this room who've been walking with Christ a lot longer than me, who are a lot wiser than me. But you know, just in my few years, the more I read my Bible, the more I go through life, you know, just... In some ways, it gets less complicated and just more simple that God is good. And I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know your storm and your story. But just if you take nothing, just God is good. He's not finished yet. He's still working things for good. And, and so this morning, just God is good. Hey, have, uh, has anyone got a Bible with them this morning? If you've held your phone up, put it down. That's not a Bible. I've got two with me this morning. I don't know if that makes me preach better or not, but if you've got a Bible, you can turn to John 8. I'm going to meet you there in a second, but we've had a bit of a theme with the, the preaching. It's been absolutely incredible so far from Pastor Gordon and Fiona, and, and, and this theme of freedom, and, and Gordon talks about week one, about that lens of faith. Freedom comes through that lens of faith. And, F- and Fiona brought that incredible message, we're free to reflect, we're free to walk in his light, and, and who God says we are, not what the world says. And then last week, we had free your mind, about taking captive everything. And, and, and so this week, I want to preach a message called Walk of Freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say, Walk of Freedom. So if you're taking notes, write that down, I want to preach that message this morning, Walk of Freedom. And I'm going to read from John 8. I'm going to start at verse 31. Just try and give you a bit of context. Jesus is speaking here. It's red in your Bible. Not on your phone. It might be. Maybe it is. But the, but the context is Jesus just just done that crazy miracle where he's gone to the woman at the well and he's knelt down next to her and he's freed her. The Pharisees are brought and said, this woman's been caught in adultery. And Jesus just... He kneels down, he takes that posture of a savior, and he's gracious, and he sets her free. And then there's this kind of dialogue between this Jewish audience and Jesus. And Jesus is testifying that he is the Messiah, the promised one, and all all that Bible that these Jewish people knew off by heart, all that knowledge they had, and they still were missing the fact that the Messiah was stood right in front of them. The fulfillment of those scriptures was right in front of them, yet they missed it. And he goes on to say this, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and never been slaves of anyone. If you know your Bible this morning, you'll know that the Israelites were trapped in slavery in Egypt. And then they went through the judges season. And so these people are like, we've never been slaves. Hmm. How can you say that you will set us free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, 
but a son belongs to it forever. You can insert son and daughter in there. So if the son sets you free, you will be free in Indeed. Hey, will you pray with me once more? Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this incredible building and space that we have. And Lord, we pray as we open your scriptures, as we open your word, God, that it just wouldn't be about information, but transformation of the heart and that we would leave this place different. We would leave this place different from how we came in. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for a great victory for the white men over the Irish yesterday. And everybody said... I'm serious. That was a that was some performance from the boys. Hey, is there any um, is there any gluten-free people in the room? Whoop whoop. Any like dairy-free people in the room? Any vegans? Cool. If we could just put the house lights, you can make your way out. I'm joking, <laughs> joking. If you're offended by that, we can talk later. But you see, I'm I'm gluten-free. I have to follow a gluten-free diet. It means that I have to remove some stuff from my diet that doesn't make me sick. And I like to cook, so I cook everything from scratch. And, and, and the thing is about being gluten-free is it's twofold. See, because I'm free from the damage that this thing called gluten does to me. I'm free from the consequences of that, but I'm also free then to go and enjoy all the other amazing things that I get to eat. You see, the walk of freedom, life as a Christ follower, is as much about what you're free from as what you're free for. You see, we're free from death. We're free from sin. And we're free for life. We're free for eternity. And we're free to live. See, see it started, though... It, and just like my, my celiac disease, which is the, the posh name for it, it started with a diagnosis. Like a doctor sat me down and said, here's what the blood tests tell us. And I went home and I was like, to my sister, I've got celiac, coliac. And she was like, do you mean celiac? I was like, yeah, that one. Now get me a fish and chips. <laughs> and, but the thing is, it started with a diagnosis. There had to be a point where the doctor said, that, that thing is not good for you. You need to cut it out. You see, the law in the Old Testament was brought about to bring a diagnosis. It was brought about to say, hey, this is where, where you're not living as you should. You need to cut some of these things out, not so you are restricted, but that you are then free to live. And, and see, the law, was, the law didn't cause people to sin. No, no, the law was brought in by God because people were sinning. You see, he delivered his people out of Egypt. He saved them first. He brought them out because he's a good father and he's gracious and he's full of mercy. But then he said, hey, here's some truth that we need to align to. And the thing is, the law becomes cursed because we can't hit the law. We can't live up to the law. Genesis, Fiona talked about it. Genesis 3. All this amazing things. Go and, go and enjoy everything. Just not that. And even Adam go and bite a flipping apple. But but that's why the, the law was brought in, not not to just not to condemn us, it was brought in to, to make us realize we need a savior. The law was brought in for the people to see where they didn't make the mark, where they weren't they were where they were imperfect. But yet Jesus came 
And we use this, he came and fulfilled the law, not abolished it. He didn't get rid of it, he fulfilled it. What, what does that mean to try and explain that? He, he came and hit, hit every requirement of the law, not just the Ten Commandments, but all 613 things in the Jewish law that you had to try and do to achieve your salvation, to try and earn your salvation. There was these things. And Jesus came down and, and he, he hit every single one of them. Not only that, he took the law and he, he expounded it. And he said, hey, you think, you think murder is like taking someone's life? He was like, I'll, t- I'll, tell you, I'll take you a little bit further. I'll call you up to higher ways. I'll call you out further. He says, if you just look at someone with hatred, if you just look at someone in the wrong way you've committed adultery, he expounded it and he took it a step further and said, hey, I'm calling you out to a higher level of righteousness, but, but, he knew, Jesus knew in this John 8, he knew that they wouldn't, they can't achieve it. But Jesus did, so it meant that when he went to the cross, he was free from the curse of the law. So that when he hung there for you and I, he was perfect. But he took all our imperfection, all our rubbish on himself. Does anyone, does anyone remember the game Stuck in the Mud at primary school? For some of you, it was a little longer ago than whoop whoop, back row, tribe shout out. Red tribe. Speak to me later, I'll explain about red tribe, blue tribe. But stuck in the mud is a game to explain. You've got one person who's it. It's like a game of tig. And when they tig someone, you have to stand there, and you might call it scarecrow tig or tunnel tig, but you're stuck in the mud. And the only person who can set you free is somebody who is free. The only one person who can set you free is the one who was free, and that's his name is Jesus. He was fully God, fully man, full of grace, full of truth. He hit all 613 requirements and some, and then he went to a cross for you and me that he could then, then he would buy back our freedom. But Galatians, I love what Paul says. He says, hey, you're not free then to go and do what you want. You're not free to go and operate in the flesh. You're free to go and bring freedom, he says. He says you're free to go and serve one another in love. Church, we're not here just to enjoy our own freedom. Just so free. No, we're, we're free to go and set the captives free. It's not the power of our own might or strength. It's not our, our gatherings. It's nothing that Pastor Fiona or Gordon do. It's not the worship. All that is brilliant. It's the power of Christ working through us that brings freedom to a city, that sets the captives free. We're not free to just have a holy huddle. We've not spent money and sacrifice and time to come into this place just to enjoy some freedom. We've come in this place to bring freedom to this community and to other people. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you're wondering what all this crazy is because we've been set free from our sin, and that we are free indeed. But it's not, it's not religion. See, religion, it's about relationship. Religion says don't, 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 don't. Relationship says I've done, so follow. It's not don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't say that. No, it's about obey, obedience. He says in this scripture, John 8, he says, follow my commands. Follow me, I'll show you the way, I am the truth, and you'll have life. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. We have to follow, we have to be obedient. And, and, 
And it's about taking this word, which is truth, and it's aligning our lives and living a life that the Bible calls us to. It's not, we're not striving for perfection. We're not striving to try and earn our salvation. We're living a life from freedom and that we're living a life that God calls us to because there's so much more life in what God has for you than you'll ever achieve on your own. And it's about a relationship. God sent his son because he wants relationship with his people. He's not a big, you know, this big person like sat with a big stick condemning his people. And like, you're not religious enough. No, he's just crying out for a relationship with you. He's calling out after you. His love is pursuing you. And no, the Bible says, no, from as far as the east is from the west. Nothing can separate us from that love. Nowhere you can go, you can hide from Jesus. And God's coming after you. But we cannot ignore the, the, the truth. See, the world, the world is selling this kind of just be free. Find your own freedom. There's no truth. Have, have your own truth. And, and, and Jesus is like, no, you need to obey me. So you're a slave to whatever, Peter says, you're a slave to whatever's mastered you. See, you might think you're free to do what the heck you like. And in some ways, you can go away from here and you can do whatever you want. You can do that, but just, just remember this. You're going to have to pay for it, whether that's a financial cost, whether that's time in prison, whether that's... I don't know, like the list can go on. Try and set yourself free from addiction, from, from decisions. You're free to go and do whatever you want in some ways, but you're going to have to pay for it. If you want to do it your own way, if you want to go your own way, you're accountable to your own truth, your own freedom. And God says, no, I want a relationship with you, but there's some things that you need to know. There's some things that you need to obey and follow. You see, like, if, if we've got these two cups of water... I'm going to take a sip of them because I was blasting out some harmonies. and I sounded awesome. I don't know. But the thing is, if these were clear, try and visualize this. But in here is clear liquid. There's nothing on these. And the world says, hey, go and, go and do whatever you want. Go and drink from wherever you want, metaphorically and, and literally. But Jesus says, like, You'll know the truth. Follow me, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But if I told you that one of these is poison, one of these is water, but there's no labels on it, I'm sure that most of you are going to go, actually put a label on it. Tell me which one's going to bring me life, and tell me which one's going to bring me death. And that's what Jesus is saying about truth. It's not to restrict you. It's to tell you which things are good for you and which things are poisonous. And he says that my cup overflows and, and those who drink from this well will never go thirsty. And we are free to enjoy all these amazing things in life. But it, we have to know the truth. Poison, water, which one? But if you want to go around searching, finding, just, just be warned that when you drink that cup of poison, whatever that may be, Jesus said, hey, like I, I can set you free from that. But it does start with some truth. He's not after just compliance. He's not after just a compliant child because compliance is, is out of fear. No, it's obedience in love. He loves you and he wants you to obey in love, not fear. It's not this compliant relationship. Oh, I've got to, got to just don't do that, don't do that. No, he wants you just to obey and walk with him. Paul, Paul says as he's writing to Galatians because they've started to waver. They've started to, they've been set free. He's writing to the people in Galatians and they've been set free, but then they start to kind of go back. And then the Jewish religious people started to say, hey, actually, you should do this. 
you should, you should hit this requirement. And Paul's like, no, you've been set free. But, but he says this, he says, some of you started to create your own gospel, which is no gospel at all. And you know, like the truth is, we, in church, we can look out and go, oh, the world's got their own gospel, making up their own ways and stuff. But if we're real with ourselves, we do it. We start to write our own gospel. We start to pick a mix of things we want to obey and the things we just want to, you know, we just want to flirt with some gray areas. I'm not hurting anybody. Just two or three drinks too many. It's fine. It's just me, myself, and I. We started to create our own gospel. But, but you're a slave to whatever has mastered you. Do you want to know if something's mastered you? Just cut it out. Just go a week without it. Go a month. No help, no nothing. Just cut it out and then come back to me. But we all know that, that actually we say this to our young people, that, that there's a lot of little g, instead of capital G, little g gods in our world. And if we're just brutally honest, sometimes this, this is why fasting's really good. It's just to cut some things out that we know are not maybe good for us. And it's not even just sin. It's, social media is not a sin. I love Instagram. But, but sometimes I have to stop and cut it out because it's not, it's not setting me free. It's bounding me and it's mastering me. And I know it's mastered me because the first thing I do when I wake up is scroll my feed rather than my Bible. And actually in my lunch break when I've got five minutes, I know it's mastered me by the fact that I can't cut it out on my own. Just a challenge this morning. Have you started to pick and mix from the gospel? Are there some things where you've just kind of taken the bits you like but ignored some other bits? And if you want a bit of a litmus test for that this morning, just cut it out. See how you get on. And when you realize, actually, I can't, that's where grace comes in and says, okay, that's where accountability and community comes in because we, we get shoulder to shoulder, we pray with one another, and we help each other out. And it's that relationship. Write this down if you're taking notes. Freedom is not found. It's not earned. It's received. Freedom is not found. It's not earned. It's not received. See, your, your freedom, our freedom, as we sang, is actually his freedom. It's in your freedom I will live. Because he bought it, he paid for it, but it's in his freedom that we live. It's his freedom. It's not... It's not partial freedom. It's not like, oh, here's, here's some, some things you need to do. I'll give you a bit of freedom, but then you need to like, you just need to sharpen up over there and you just need to attend church four out of five weeks. And if you could just sing that song and if you could give that amount in the offering, that'd be cool. No, no, freedom is received fully, not partially. It's a gift and it was paid for. John, and, and see, the world, I think, sees like us in here as religious people or Jesus followers as restricted. These people who, oh, you don't have life. You're so restricted. Go and search and find it. Go and, go and try and find your freedom. And as Bono said, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You can run around searching for this freedom with relationships, with some drugs, with some drinks. We can search. And I'm telling you, you're never going to find your freedom because you can't earn it. You can't find it. You have to receive it. And it starts with putting ourselves on our knees and acknowledging that I cannot earn my freedom. I cannot pay the price for my sin and disobedience. But the one who was perfect paid for it. 
And so now I receive your grace and your freedom. In 2 Corinthians, it says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's in the turn. Come on. Amen. It's not found. You're not going to find it by searching and striving. It's when you stop and turn and just receive. It's in the turn, people. We just have to stop and just receive and then follow. Follow me. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. It's not justification to go and do what you want, to play the grace card. Grace card, covered by grace, covered by grace, hashtag grace card. It's not what the message of the gospel is about. It's about obedience. But it's because in John 10, 10, it says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. And you see, we should be the freest people in the world. That when we go into our workplaces and our schools and colleges, there's something about us that people go, why, why, what is that? And it's because we've received freedom. We know the boundaries. We know the cup of life and we know the cup of poison. And there's some things that we cut out. There's some things we don't do that people notice, but, but we don't go around in chains like, oh, just, you know, being a Christ follower, it's, it's a hard, bit boring, you know, bit restricted. And that's what the, 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 the world is crying out of the church. Like, oh, you're just so legalistic. There's so many boundaries. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I've, I've come to bring you freedom, but there's, there's some obedience that's required. But this, this thing we call grace that we talk about, it's a gift that you don't deserve that you received. Mercy is not getting what we did deserve, and grace is receiving what we didn't deserve. But we got it, and Jesus poured it out. But the thing is, we've got to remember and it's uh, that grace is free to you and me, but it costs God everything. We've made cheap grace sometimes because we've, we've missed the price that was paid for that gift. See, my wife, she, when her mum passed, she inherited some jewelry. And trust me, and ask, ask my father-in-law, that jewelry cost probably something. Probably cost a pretty penny. Am I right, Gordon? <laughs> but when she, see, my wife received that for free. But do you think that my wife thinks that jewelry is priceless? Do you think that there's a value that you could put on that jewelry? I tell you, no. Not only because of what it is, but where it came from. It came from her mum, and it's, it's price, you know, the actual item, the jewelry is, is of value. Grace is of value, but it's also, it's where it came from. And that's what makes grace so amazing is because it's not because it's cheap so we can just throw it around. No, it costs God everything. His son was separated so we can have relationship. Freedom. Is not the escape of work, it's a change in master. Freedom is not the escape of work, it's the change in master. James 1 says this, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's Jesus, and continues in it, keep following, not forgetting what they have heard, keep coming to church, keep going to your small group, keep getting yourself in the word day in, day out, don't forget what you've heard. Don't forget that promise that you heard. Keep, keep listening. But doing it, they will be blessed. You know, freedom is action. 
Freedom is active. It's not just sat around, just, just bathing ourselves in this freedom. No, it's action. It's continual revelation of the price that was pre- paid. It's continual walking obedience. And it's not the escape. We don't work to earn our salvation. That's religion. We don't try and earn it by, by tithing, by singing those harmonies really well, by, by hitting that crashing butt at the right time. Shout out to my drummer crew. No, we can't earn our freedom, but we have to keep working through in a relationship. We have to keep being sanctified is this big theological word we used. And it's this, that Jesus loves you just as you are, as you came in this morning. I don't know where you were at three o'clock this morning, but God loves you just where you are. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay the same. He loves you so much that he paid the price that you would have life and life in the full And it's about a journey and we'll never fully achieve it on this side of eternity. But when we go and we stand before the Father in heaven and he says, hey, you are righteousness of Christ. You are an heir and co-heir because you are a son and a daughter. You are adopted. In John 8, God said, Jesus said this. He said, you're not a slave to sin no more. You're a son. You're part of the family. But we've got to to keep working. We've got to keep working getting shoulder to shoulder. We've got to stay in community. There's there's things this side of eternity we have to do. It's active. It's not the escape. It's not the abolishment of the law. It's not the removal so we can just do what we want. No, we, we take the things in the law, but we look at it through the lens of Jesus. We don't get rid of the Old Testament just because the New Testament and Jesus fulfilled it. No, we take the Old Testament. And like I said in that, in last time I spoke, Jesus is in every book. This is just one giant love story about how God is coming after you and how his love is pursuing you and he's not going to stop. And as, as a reference before, but we have to just stop searching, stop running around trying to find life, trying to search, trying to find my freedom. Just stop and turn and the veil will be removed. And there, there will be freedom because our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we turn and we acknowledge Christ and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus ascended to heaven so the Holy Spirit will live inside of us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Come on. Band, you can, you can jump back up. I'm going to land this plane. I'll try to. Shout out to Owen Simpson. Thanks, bro. Just, just while the band. Hey, aren't these guys awesome? Can we, can we encourage the band? It's, it's, not, it's, not to, it's not to puff them up. It's not a performance. It's just honor where honor is due. You know, they, they've been here way earlier than some of you were even out of bed to set up and to be ready to lead you guys. That's just why we take time to honor them sometimes. But... But Owen Simpson just tried to airdrop me something. It's a picture of a chicken. <laughs> Decline. Hashtag red tribe. <laughs> Is this helping anyone this morning? Is this making any sense? Awesome. Hey, I've got one more verse that I want to share. And I think, I think this sums up maybe what I'm trying to say this morning. I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson, the message. And it's... <laughs> Matthew 12. Matthew 12, shout if you're there. Holler if you're there. (laughs) Says this. 
verse 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Here's my application this morning. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I absolutely love that. Learn my unforced rhythms. We're here for a relationship with God, not religion. We're not here to jump through hoops. We're not here to try and hit the mark. We're here just to walk with Him as a rhythm. lost my place in the Bible. (laughs) Walk with me. Learn my unforced rhythms. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Walk with me. Learn my unforced rhythms and you'll learn to be free. Let me just give you a disclaimer. Following Christ does not make life easy. It doesn't make everything go away. It doesn't, it's not the absence of a storm, but it's a savior in the storm. But God says, hey, walk with me. Take upon my burden, my yoke, and I'm with you. I'll not put you through anything you can't manage. Not take you through any storms that I'm not with in you. And in Romans, he promises that he is going to work it all out. But if I can try and illustrate like this, if, if I've got a picture, picture that, that's going to go up. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mr. John Huggan. Shout out to my dad. Doesn't he look good in Lycra? <laughs> but, but my dad, he's 60, and he is the only 60-year-old I know that his resting heart rate is probably lower than his 28-year-old son. <laughs> but you see, my dad loves to cycle. He loves his bike, and he's pretty good at it. He's pretty fast on a bike. And, and I, I have a bike and when I'm back home and when I lived in Preston, I bought a bike so I could spend some time with my dad and go out with him. But you see, there'd be occasions when, I, when I'd go out on my bike on my own, you know, just try and get some exercise and stuff and, and ask my wife, my sense of direction is terrible. My mind is terrible. So I'd get lost. I'd forget my puncture kit, all this. It'd just be a disaster to the point where I was like, you know what? Start going out on my own. Start doing this thing on my own. I'm going to go out. And the only time I'd go out on my bike is with my dad. Because I could just trust my father. Because, you see, he knew the roads better than me. He knows where he's going. He's way more prepared than I am. And I go further. And I go faster. And I've got more freedom when I just follow my father. And, you know, like I'm blessed... I don't, I don't know what your relationship with your, your earthly dad or your garden is. I'm, I'm blessed. I really am blessed. There's, there's me and my dad on one of his birthdays, climbing up Kirkstone Pass. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a father who, who's, who's trained me up in the ways. You know, when I was tried to not go to church and tried to pretend I was asleep, he'd push me out of bed, make me go to church, not, not out of this fear of compliance, but just because he loved me. And I'm blessed and I don't know what your relationship and maybe talking about a father some relationships really difficult and I want to be really gracious with that. But as good as my dad is as a father in heaven that blows my dad out of the water, my dad knows that and I know that and we're okay with that. 
But the thing is, is we used to go out on rides and we'd go out to the countryside, but then there'd come a point on our way back and we'd be on our way back home. And there'd come a point and it was this, this long stretch of road that was fairly flat. And, and he'd, just, he'd just turn to me and he'd just say, just over his shoulder, and he's like, are you ready? And I'd just nod. You see, see, I don't know if you know about some science. I'm going to give you a free science lesson thrown in. But you see, if you're out on a bike, the more of you there is, the faster you go because you work together. You see, when you cycle in pairs, there's something called a slipstream. There's something called a drag, the pull. And that's when, when I, as a son, my dad just turns to me and says, are you ready? And I say, yeah. And he puts his head down. He gets into a position and I get on his back wheel. I am no more than maybe two inches from his back wheel. My eyes are fixed. I've got to hold my nerve. I'm steady, but I'm going faster. I'm going further than I ever could on my own strength. But you see, the brilliant thing about this is he's not, he's not cycling out and say, hey, come and, come and achieve my back wheel. Come and, no, actually, because he's a good father and he knows me. He knows exactly how far to push me. He knows exactly how fast to go that I can stay on his wheel and that I sit in his slipstream and I follow him. Do I feel like I'm restricted in that moment? Do I feel like I'm not living life? Absolutely not because I'm doing 30, 40 miles an hour on a bike and I've only got two wheels and a bit of rubber between me and the road, but I trust my dad. I've got three, two or three inches to stay in that slipstream. If I try doing it on my own, I'm gone. If I fall back, I'm gone. I've literally just a small, and Jesus said, the gate is narrow. Ladies and gentlemen, obedience and a life as a disciple is the narrow gate. But I'm telling you now, it's the best because he knows your potential. And he wants to call it out of you. But the, the awesome thing well is, is if I, I, for whatever reason, start to fall back, I'm tired or, or I try to pull out of his slipstream or I try to compete with him. If I ever try and strive and earn it and I'm gone, I've lost his slipstream. Seconds, I'm gone. Do you think as a father, he then is, looks behind and keeps going and says, hey, come on, come and earn my back wheel come on you've lost it you need to earn this come on no he doesn't he looks back and he starts to lay off his pace and he comes back see Jesus God said don't come and earn it I'm coming to you he sent his son for you just as you are wherever you're at this morning he's he's laying off the pace he's saying hey get in my wheel learn my unforced rhythms of grace and my dad would wait and he said hey you good you good and I'd get back onto his wheel and we would go home but I go further I go faster I don't have to worry about my punctures or anything when I'm with my dad and that's what a walk of freedom's about that's what Jesus was saying when he said obey my commands follow me because who the son sets free is free indeed like my third of four closes or something like that <laughs> hey with every head bowed every eye closed this morning I want to give you an opportunity you know what I love about this is we have some space down here 
And I'm going to ask you to be really bold this morning. I'm going to ask you to maybe step out of the boat this morning. But there's some things that, you know, we, we, with, with your small group or your friends, there's some more conversations between you and God to be had. But just right now, I just want to make this dead simple. One line, one line. And with every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity to, as it says in Corinthians, just to turn. Turn to God and the veil be removed. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be set free. And whether this is for the first time or the hundredth time this morning, church as a family, can we just can we just pray this one line? Let's just pray this together. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. It's not the only thing you and God need to talk about, but right now it's the most important thing. Just turn find that rhythm of grace and I'd love it if maybe got pastors down here maybe some small group leaders I said I was going to call you out but I just wonder this morning if we can be really really brave and if you prayed that for the first time or there's just a bit of a moment here where you're like you know what I need to turn from my old ways I'm going to ask you to just make your way safely down we want to pray with you I know that's a big ask I know we've not done it yet but believe it's worth it believe it's the greatest decision you will ever make and we're a family we're a community we're together and so as the song as the band playing as we worship if you prayed that for the first time or you just need some freedom and some prayer this morning I want you to come down to the front and small group leaders I could just ask if you could just kind of carefully make your way down and pray with the people that'd be awesome let's sing church let's worship through the sun sets free Amen, church. Amen.